Wouldn't you agree? Oh, by the way, how are you? I just jumped right into it, didn't I? Uh, wouldn't you agree that this is protest music? Good. Now, wouldn't you also agree that this is protest music? I know, I know. Those were easy questions. Of course, that's protest music. But now I'm going to play you protest music that you didn't even know was protest music. But it is. I'm Alex Green, and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. My body on the search for somebody just to watch it. Who then dropped in from the right side of the poppy on the concrete? Now I'm Aki. Yeah, say man, it's got me, got me living with intensive care. Get it out, see an infinite stretches the imagination beside me, the past behind. And what is it? We arriving on the scene to be received with impeccable timing, like a shot of epinephrine stuck up into your thighs and pepper. Fight or flight response, partner, I'm so long. So if you fly, in tonight we launch and be. Gone upon the reside of this song, and I state the lines of which I base my odyssey on. Got a problem, my mind, I got a monopoly on, and I shh, be quiet, the prodigy's on. That is the music of Ensemble Mikna Wooj a band which features my guests today on the program, Juwon Kim and Sandman. Let me tell you a little bit about Ensemble Mikna Wooj and Juwon Kim and Sandman. Frustrated by the claustrophobic rote presentation of classical music and energized by a love of hip-hop, Juwon Kim founded Ensemble Mikna Wooj in 2010 with his best pal from college, singer Christopher Nicholas. Replete with an MC, a lyric soprano, flute, clarinet, cello, piano, drums, bass, and violin, the music this band makes is a startling blend of hip-hop and classical music, all crafted using a technique that Kim came up with called method sampling. What is that? Well, it's basically utilizing sonic rationales from different musical genres, then repurposing them for the ensemble. Juwon Kim will explain it better than I can, but all you need to know is this. Ensemble Mikna Wooj plays an invigorating blend of music you'll recognize by knowing that you don't recognize it at all, 
but somehow it's deeply familiar. More confusing? All right, well, how about this? It's an effortless grafting of things that you wouldn't think would go together, like hip-hop and classical music. Ensemble Mcnawuge breaks all the rules, then they rewrite them. It's a perfect blend of the spirit of punk and the painstaking precision of true craftsmanship. Their new album, Death Become Life, is one of 2021's very best. Dynamic, rousing, and life-affirming, it's music at its most refreshing and vibrant. The Korean-born Juwon Kim is a graduate of both Berklee College of Music and the San Francisco Conservatory of Music. As for Sandman, a former member of the hip-hop group The Attic, the Berkeley-raised MC has played with everyone from KRS-One to E-40, and he's been spotlighted by outlets ranging from NPR to the Wall Street Journal. These guys were so cool to talk to. I can't wait for you to meet them. So here it is, my conversation with Juwon Kim and MC Sandman of Ensemble Mcnawuge, right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. do really well they don't graduate they just leave they make band and then they leave and they become very successful so we are we are the failures that got the degree you know uh, but i think in my case because competition still kind of needs a a old school sort of guild mentorship type of situation because otherwise the nuances of uh, certain technique can't be just practiced by yourself as far as i can tell i mean some people can just like learn it but even then they're like surrounded by you know musical environment that is conducive to that so i think i think schoenberg learned by by large by himself and he had like couple lessons from his uh father-in-law who was a composer but he started learning forms out of like encyclopedia but also he was in it's a, it's a different time he was in europe everybody was like doing all this you know musical things because it's like european art form right so culture is there but other than that if you're learning to write like brahms you need to have a guy that can do that or like write like some especially uh, you know early 20th century on the writing has changed a lot so you need pe- you need it like i needed people who actually have done it who actually immerse themselves in it and i had to be the one that's going to that world so the the idea then that the education really becomes that sort of that foundational element that you can for me it is for me it is because of my my field uh but i think for other people who want to pursue pop music, and you can actually learn a lot from uh, playing with people, right? So. so there was no, for you, there was no temptation because a lot of people like Elizabeth from Elizabeth and the Catapult, she left for two years to tour um, with some kind of Ella Fitzgerald tribute thing. And when yeah. she came back, she was given credit 
like school credit for doing that. But mm -hmm. so for you, there was no temptation to to leave and then come back or. Yeah, no, because I was, you know, I'm still thinking that I'm a composer, like serious composer, whatever that means. Uh, so I wanted to learn every single technique and they're there a lot because what you do, what technique is basically somebody does something new and then you have to study their score and you analyze it. And there's a lot of things that have happened since, you know, that, first of all, the harmony and voice leading, counterpoint, all these little things for you to write orchestral stuff takes a long time for you to master it, right? So you have to keep writing. It's not like a piece of information. It's almost like you're growing a muscle, right? So you, you can't just get it and then be like buff. So you right. have to keep doing it every day. Right. So it takes time. And then after that, if you go, go into 20th century on, you're basically learning aesthetics. Like you were saying that, that you know, the, the sort of the rudiments of composition and um, the rudiments of, of education were really the, the foundational elements for you building, building your own composing career. Um, yes, yes, for, for me. For yeah. you, right? Yes. And then, yeah, and so in terms of, you know, a formal education, that was vital then to do what you're doing. Absolutely. It would be impossible. So there's a, there's a clear example. There are people who have done hip hop orchestra. They generally sound like big band, even the ones that are really good at, you know, uh, what they do, like in, people who, when, when they mix hip hop into jazz, like Robert Glasper, who is a fine musician, but it sounds like smooth jazz with backbeat in it. It doesn't sound like, you know, um, it doesn't sound like a, an actual sort of new thing, but it sounds like something that we've heard before and in a buffet-ish way. So <clears throat> I guess like Robert Glasper is a bad example because he's doing something different. But like, you know, I can give you an example of like uh, Taka Orchestra. I think that was the first iteration of anything that's like called hip hop orchestra, but it definitely sounds like big band. And for you to for you to make it really cohesive and then sounding like more orchestral, you have to seriously think about the orchestration and how you write it, right? So in order for you to have that aesthetic judgment, you need to be trained. Okay, and so then my question for both of you then is, artistically, were, were you guys both interested in the breaking of form? Right. In other words, the the idea that Ezra Pound said, "Make it new." Right. Were you were the two of you in your separate ways before you came together? Were you both interested in sort of deconstructing to then construct? Well, I can go first about that. I think that what I was interested in was to actually get out of the latter half of 20th century aesthetic because I I figured out that it's not working, and there's this. Uh, sort of underlying, they don't say this, but they, there's this underlying idea that you need to invent new language and it's generally top down. Uh, not generally, always top down. Some guy comes up with this and then say, hey, there's a new way of writing. No, you just made it up. So it's a theory in his head and they're contributing in some ways because they all want to be like Schoenberg, right? They all want to be this like innovative person. That is the norm. So avant-garde, is 
prescribed, which is weird. It's a weird concept. Avant-garde, you have, there's a way to be an avant-garde artist, right? So, and not only that, that's fine. They, they also believe that, I mean, if, even the second Viennese school, uh, they thought that, okay, when we do this 12-tone technique, everybody will do this. In other words, like Kesha will sing in 12-tone after this is, oh, the mass will be totally like, you know, into it. They're going to be converted by this. Never happened. It never happened. So, and, you know, even without me going into like, this is not classical music for me as an Asian person. I grew up in Korea. It's just that it didn't work. So I wanted to actually do something uh, with what I know. And, you know, I spent a lot of money and time doing it to like be good at something. So I was like, why, why can't, how can I use this? And then, you know, the first piece of uh, the proto, I mean, sort of a proto EMN uh, uh, was a protest piece. And I wanted to just give them a middle finger to uh, opposers saying that this is what I, what I feel about concert music right now suck my dick you know that's what it was <laughs> and and then you know it it, it 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 pissed off my teachers which was my intention so mission accomplished for me but the side effect was to have it feature on like full page write-up in oakland tribune which was a big deal i couldn't believe it i was like i guess people like this and my mc at the time suggested that we make an album that's how it began and then I actually had a conversion experience while I was listening to repertoires of hip hop music because, you know, I, once I started getting really seriously because I didn't even know hip hop, I didn't like hip hop. It was hard for me to understand. I mean, not just like, you know, culture, but like English is my second language. So if they're speaking very fast with whatever the, you know, lingo is happening. I have no idea what they're saying. I was like, oh, okay. That sounds, that sounds like you're talking about your mom, but I guess it's not. <laughs> so, um, and when I got into the repertoire of hip hop in a serious way, obviously I didn't like it, but I forced myself to listen to uh, uh, certain pieces and I kind of wrote down why I didn't like it, why I liked certain part of it and really treated these repertoire with respect because that's what you would do if you were to study, for instance, Webern or, you know, Stockhausen or something like that. So, and then slowly I sort of understood what they were doing in a gut level. And I had changing experience when I uh, listened to the, uh, you know, uh, Straight Outta Compton album by NWA. And it was clear to me by that time, at that time, at that moment, that it is not a clever structure or like you are inventing new language. It's actually the deep necessity the people have uh, about the music, and um, that actually changes. Um, you know that that becomes the revolutionary sort of uh, uh, piece of artwork. So, and Sandman, how about for you? So, like, uh, well, let, let me talk about it from this context. The first time I ever fell in love with hip-hop like really fell in love with hip-hop because before really it was I you know I, I heard songs on the radio and they were popular and you know there was Tupac and they were Biggie and there were these party songs and so yeah it was just something that everybody loved but when I really fell in love with hip-hop was when I was introduced to uh, a, a radio program called The Wake Up Show 
and it was a show that came on uh, from from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Fridays. Um, and so, so I would, for for those three hours, you got to hear uh, hip hop music that would otherwise never be played on the radio, and you got to hear artists that you know you would otherwise never hear because they you know they're syndicated in that way. But this show was dedicated to really just celebrating artists and hip hop. And what I heard was a whole span of people doing all types of like reacting as artists, like playing around with, with style and, and, you know, and, 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 and delivery and, uh, and even like music. And so it kind of occurred to me like, oh, you know, like hip hop is really this something that you can do so much with. You can go kind of anywhere with. Um, so yeah, it was always, always my want to do something different. That's actually when I fell in love with hip hop is when I was hearing people just do all types of different things. I was like, these, they're free. They seem so free to me. And while I wasn't necessarily being played on the radio, I felt like that was actually the true representation of hip hop. You know, while the, the radio was just putting out whatever was sensationalized and would make the most right. Um, but I got to really come in contact with artists. So I always wanted to do something different I, I uh, had a chance to perform a few times with live bands and I always enjoyed that because it was, you know, it, it just made the stage experience much more visceral. Um, and yeah, so when I came, uh, uh, met Juwan, he was like, hey, was, you know, let's, let's try this out. I was like, sure, of course, you know, it's something different, let's, let's do it. Um, even though, <laughs> You know, I, I, there were points where I had kind of like this initial disagreement with what he was giving me in terms of material. Like, uh, um, you know, uh, I have a song, Hope Springs Eternal, where, you know, I'm, I'm listening to it, I'm trying to write to it, and I'm like, you know, and I remember calling, it's like, is this in, is this in 5-4? Or does it change to 5-4 in the middle of the verse and then go back to 4-4? Four, four? Like, what, what's happening here? You know, I'm, I'm counting it out. And he's like, yes, yeah, it does. And I'm thinking like, why would you ever do that? Like, why, why would you mess with the music in that way? Because I, I was just used to, you know, like whatever it was, if you're gonna do four, four, or three, four, then you, you just ride that. Um, but I actually wrote to it and took it on as a challenge. And then it came out as something that I, I really, I really liked. And I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's crazy. And, even though I was resist resistant to it, that's actually what I wanted. I wanted to do something totally different. And I, yeah, so. It's really interesting to me to hear how you guys both had a resistance to the other one's sort of way of thinking, right? Like the idea of, you know, resisting, resisting hip hop and then resisting the avant-garde and going for right. But what I'm really curious about is what made you decide to take it on as a challenge like in other words it would have been easy to have just gone I, i'm not doing that <laughs> i can't do this um so the, the question i'm really curious about is like like what made you stick with hip-hop right and decide to go i'm going to try to figure this out and then the conversion experience happened with nwa and what made you on the other hand sam go all right well this is not written in a way i would do this is bizarre i'm going to stick with this like what made you guys keep going instead of instead of saying, um, I'm not gonna do this. When Sandman joined, I had written quite a bit of music, right? So, and I felt that I was doing something new 
and I felt that uh, this was my way out of uh, classical composition. I mean, the, the aesthetic of concert music at, at the time. So, you know, I, I've been always this guy that's been rebellious. And, uh, and the reason I really liked classical music was that it wasn't, it wasn't Korean. So it was like new to me once I figured out that this was old culture i didn't like it as much because i was like wow like i don't want to do this because this is like what do i have to wear a wig now and like have a powdered face what is this and i wanted to do something new because the whole point of culture for me is that you know i mean it, I, I hate to use this word innovation because it's thrown out a lot but i think that i think you need to do something new and keep pushing forward. Otherwise we'll be repeating ourselves. And that is by definition, uh, what is the word? Um, not corrupt. It's, um, um, if you're repeating something, nothing is like innovative and nothing happens. I mean, like right now we're stuck in a loop of no real paradigm change, right? So like, you know, parties change all the time, but the, what they do is pretty much neocon, neoliberal type of stuff all the time. And they use race and all these other things to divide people up and only very few people get rich. It's, it's a corruption, but in a way that it's like um, sort of like uh, brave new world type of situation, mm -hmm. you know? So um, what is that? Um, there was an essay, wonderful essay that was on New York Times. Oh, I forgot, like, what is, what is this word? I guess, Decadence, it's decadence. Decadence. Yeah, we are in the age of decadence right now. So that's why, you know, if, even if you think about tech people, what do they do? They invent a way to like be a middleman. They don't actually really invent new stuff. Maybe Elon Musk, he's going to the Mars and he's actually trying to you know, implement something that it's gonna be a paradigm change. You don't wanna use anymore fossil fuel, you need to have, uh, electric vehicle, right? So these are actual changes that, it, that has to happen in the society. And I felt that, like I said, the concert music and avant-garde of avant-garde concert music, there's a prescribed way of being avant-garde. What the fuck kind of stupid thing is that? So I wanted to break that and say that this is avant-garde. This is actually new. You guys didn't do it. I'm not doing it as like some sort of, oh, questioning into my identity and what does that mean to be yellow, black, pink, like it's, it's not interesting to me. Why? Because, because that is the beginning point. And so there is this uh, idea in method sampling, which is the concept that we, we talk about, we, we actually use to come up with new ideas and new systems that identity is not destiny. Identity is destined to be transformed. Because if the identity is destiny, nothing changes. Oh, you're an Asian person. Are you a chef? Do you practice Kung Fu? You know, are you a violinist? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm a pianist, but well, I'm, I'm a competent pianist. I'm not a really pianist like Lang Lang. Um, so yeah, so there's this like prescribed way of being. And not just in this country, everywhere. So I wanted to break that. Well, uh, what, what kept me going with, with the ensemble was like, like after I explained uh, with this song, Hope Springs Eternal, after having that experience of being, having introduced to me that was so different, but then being like, okay, 
I, I'm, I, I, this is a challenge for me and I don't even necessarily agree with it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going, I'm going to see what happens. And, and what ended up happening was I created something that I really liked and I was like, wow. Okay. And so like my, my understanding of, of, of writing and music was expanded at that moment. And so then, then I was like, okay, well now I want more. What else can we do? You know, what, what, are, what are the, what new challenges are, are out there? Because I, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I was changed by it, I, but I was stretched as an artist. And I had done something that, that personally was fine in that I don't know anybody else who's ever done that, you know? Um, so, you know, that's why I wanted to, to, you know, continue on. Artistically, where were you headed had you not met Juwan? Like, where were you, where were you headed in terms of your own creations? Well, it was, it was, it was still, you know, it was, it was kind of like still searching for a new sound. I, I was performing with a group called The Attic. And we actually did have a different sound. You know, it was it was still like, you know, and, and usually in rec pop form in terms of 4-4 four, four and, you know, uh, all of that. But the sound was still very, very much di different. I, I hadn't noticed anything that really sounded exactly like it. Um, and this is actually how uh, Juwan and I met. We, he, we met at a place that we were doing. Um, you know, and that's, you know, he, uh, uh, apparently he enjoyed it. And that's when, when he invited us, uh, um, us over, but I think I was always just seeking and I felt like I wasn't, I was close, but I wasn't quite there in terms of like, oh, what is it? What is it that is like really, truly new where, and not just to do something weird and different just to you know, be able to say, hey, look, look what I did, you know, but something that people would really enjoy was totally different because what, what, growing up and, and being in high school, I was done with high school by the time I was a, a, a junior, meaning I was done with the culture. I was done with the group think, the mob think. I like, I, I, I hated it, you know, and that kind of always, you know, compelled me like to look for something different because I knew that the, the, the norm wasn't normal at least crazy as far as you know I was concerned you know uh, I put a ticket up on my the wall in my room when I was in high school called here's a ticket to crazy world because that's what I saw but everybody else thought it was normal um so uh, you know I think that's what always compelled me to want to do, get out there and do something different something change you know and so I was I was definitely seeking that and then when work with working with Juwan I was like Okay, that's different. That's definitely different. And I was sure I liked it. Um, I think until after we did that first recording of the album. Okay, this is good. You know, this is this is good, and this is definitely a new sound. And like I said, let's see what else we can do. You know. Yeah, and it's interesting that both of you. The common denominator here is something new, yeah. right? Making something new. Which you know is no easy task. I I heard a band um, recently called Gong Gong Gong, and they're totally making it new. I, I don't know if you guys know this band, but like I go, holy cow, these guys are blowing it apart in a totally different way. But that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself to say like I want to make it new. Um, so that's actually a really cool thing that that's that you guys had that same vision. But um, 
you know, Jordan, I was thinking about what you were saying about NWA and how that was your conversion moment. That's that's protest music. So I can see why the the sort of the protest element of that probably did speak to you. That it makes sense to me that that would be your conversion moment. Definitely. I mean, that track, "Fuck the Police," that was done, you know, all way before this whole you know, unearthing of police brutality via iPhone, right? So, yeah. I mean, for them to say that at that time, people were burning the CD. They were like stomping on the cassette tape, right? So it was like, you have that kind of ball, you can do anything. So I was like, this is what I want to be. I want to be free like them. I want to be, you know, more, have that kind of spiritual energy core, which I think... Um, I mean, I hate to badmouth a lot of composers, but like they're sitting in the, you know, sitting in a nice room, like writing what, you know, you, you have to, you have to write about something. If you're just, you know, well-fed and the only thing that you're worrying about is like, Oh, you need to invent this new language. It's like, this is not how you invent stuff. Like you have to have necessity. So I just had a, you know, it was like, I was dipped into the river of hip hop and I was free. I had no more sort of like, I didn't care about anything. I was like, okay, I could do, I could do this. I'm going to do it this way. However, so the method sampling, uh, I think I briefly mentioned, it's this idea that by borrowing or sampling and by reframing uh, these different kind of rationales that are foreign to your own field and you come up with a new system, right? So, the once I kind of like realized that, but if you were to use all classical techniques and only like um, classical instruments aside from the drums, you're you're unable to create recreate exact hip hop or whatever the hip hop norm normal hip hop is. So that was my aha moment. I'm like, okay, so I can actually invent new things by doing it this way because you're trying to replicate something with the rationale that you know, but you, you so obviously you don't understand what they're doing, like in terms of production wise, like how do they make this loop here? How do they make it more, you know, popping in terms of drum sound and so on and so forth. I just did it as if I'm writing classical music, but I wanted to make hip hop. So that's, that was the beginning point of it. And I start seeing that kind of thing everywhere. Uh, you know, um, I mean, it's easy to point out like some, American chef going, going to France or El Bui and learning this uh, molecular gastronomy or French techniques, and bringing it back, opening a barbecue joint. So I'm going to use TV now and or all this stuff, right? So, but is it, is it French food? Is it, what is it? Is it American food? You're changing things around that way. So there needs to be that, this kind of foreign element that you don't understand. And you're trying to understand, trying to sort of emulate it. I mean, because the first, very beginning of method sampling is just copying, right? And then you actually don't succeed in exact replica because then, you know, you're just, there's no creativity. Creativity actually lies in the fact that you're failing. You're failing to create exact replica. And then, and by failing, and you, you keep failing and you actually create new language that way. So it's the exact opposite of con uh, contemporary music, which is top down. I wanted. I mean, I was doing like bottom up approach. And then now we feel like there's language and there's like a common practice that we're doing. But in the beginning, I had 
no idea what I was doing. I was like, okay, I'm going to make another hip hop piece that's not really hip hop. Let's go. And um, I think that is, I mean, the greatest, the, the most massive scale of metasampling that happened is like basically black culture, right? So especially music, it's very obvious. If you think about, I mean, there's no bass in Africa, right? Like there's no piano and all these people created this like music, you know, it started with like a blues and Dixieland and comes jazz. And even within jazz, if you look at the, the kind of gap of complexity uh, from between bebop and I don't know, like uh, ragtime, it's, it's crazy how like there's a so incredible sort of a gap there. So, and we know for a fact that's happening in hip hop and in terms of rhyming that already is, has happened. But I think musically, although we're doing concert music, we're part of that, that kind of like a bebopization of, of uh, this uh, so-called street music. Now it's becoming complex and rigorous. I got no words about how we got a verse around the world, the same song, but now I got a verse. While the streets holler, a corpse leaps out of her soul. Shit is me, why my dreams gotten burst. Need to be where we need not keep dodging blurbs. Thoughts of me shot, leading on the triage thirst. We die first, faces of the murdered be on shirts. The quick and the dead that we peel off curves. The streets eat those knees knocking, the meek walking in need of heroes. A young chief has got one chambered in the heat that he told. Every Navi is gonna play the boss when they ain't gone all in and ain't paid the cost of the fees. Hated that I made my peace. They eat to their belly from and still pray through. Say please, maybe I'll save you a seat at the table where I break bread, making a speech, saying peace to the lovers unable to please. Hey, just throwing shade on your name in the street. Hey, we be the light bearers. They trying to scare us like night terrors, hoping we might error like JD and American me. When they make it there, they want to live vicariously. Dog you like a terrier and carry the leash like police who dare to conquer peace. Carry the beast, wave to sleep with the fishes in the barrier reef. Where are we who care deep, buried in grief? Beware of the evil, it's barely illegal for them to carry the heat. Dare to be lethal, barbarian ego Scared of the people who made America great Dare to be equal, Pete Though we need more folk to keep the focus We won't see no Mia Culper from the culprits Power broker and xenophobes misleading the voters Fear mongering theologians speaking in the pulpit Whoa, need to hold us close, we need to hold us close Coast to coast, these boys, they want to get us to go Gentlemen, don't get too intimate with that sentiment. Committed to being the bigoted idiot, thinking to getting the benefit. It's like to be living in time, is limited. Fight is imminent, true, but you'll find it within the bright and the infinite. Like to be given by you, they don't know what they do, don't know what is true. When they try to divide us, provide for the few, they don't know what they do, don't know what is true. When they try to divide us, provide for the few. 
But then is the temptation to make new what you've already made new to break that and then make it newer in other words do, or do you go okay now we've arrived at this place and let's just keep working from this new paradigm or do you want to keep breaking it and keep making it new so because if you keep doing what you've done right then it's no longer new it's it's the thing that you like like john cage never did the same thing twice i don't think right so it, is there a temptation to push yourselves even further every time? Uh, yes and no for me because I am obsessed with systems. I want to create a new system. So I wanted to be able to say, hey, this is what meta sampling is. You can do this. And because it is it's an overarching sort of larger principle, I mean, literally it came out of right me kind of noticing how producers are making their music by sampling. So it's actually a extrapolation of the idea of sampling and I expanded it with principles. Just like your, your sampling material, you can actually sample the rationale. Why not? Right? So, 
So once I did that, I wanted to perfect, like I wanted to actually have it more streamlined, more like um, easier and simpler because otherwise it becomes like a religion and I'm not a religious person. So I wanted to explain every single aspect of what I'm, what I'm doing. And it's just my personality. I, I like to argue a lot. I like to look at things. I like to like break things down. Um, so... And then, yes, there's definite sense of pushing forward, you know, and I guess I'm still young. I want to just keep going forward and see how far we can go. But I also don't want to be just pushing forward for the sake of pushing forward. If I can't do it, I'm just going to keep refining myself because at some point you have to make a decision of how much can you do and how, how well can you do in certain domain. So, yes, that's my answer. I, I guess I guess I would say this. It's necessarily about now now breaking this form, uh, this new form that I've discovered to make something even newer. It's it's more like okay, I, I've kind of discovered something that is that's been a challenge for me, and I want to continue practicing in that because that's where I notice my growth as an artist. So, for instance, like. Uh, like Bruce Lee said, like, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm not worried about the man who knows 10,000 kicks. I'm worried about the man who's practiced one kick 10,000 times. Mm. Because basically that kick has changed each time that individual has practiced it, you know, become more powerful, more potent, uh, 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 and, and, and that much more impactful. And so that's kind of, I think of how I want to proceed as an artist, like in, in a continuous practice because i notice in doing that i change i do things that are different sometimes i you know often when we're performing on stage you know it's kind of just like this thing where you just kind of let go and doing your thing and then i'll watch it back and i'm like wow that's interesting that's different why did you do that you know but and i I think it all comes out of just the the practice of being an artist like I, i noticed something new about myself in doing that uh, uh, and so it's not necessarily this uh, contrived effort, but it, it you know, I, I definitely seek to grow all the time and, and therefore something will come anew uh, uh, internally and, and, and externally, right? So, Is it fair to say that because there's a, a disruption of the system that we've been, we've been talking about, that can we call the music a form of a kind of protest music against, against systems? Is that, would that be a fair way to... Just sort of, we're getting closer. Sure, I mean it initially began as that, but I think that it's it's now becoming coming to its own, right? So hip hop began as protest music. It was spontaneous, but now it has a form. It has culture. It has, you know, and I mean it infiltrated concert music by, you know, via EMN, right? So I think that um, what I really want to do is that it's actually not hip hop that needs help because hip hop and pop music does, they do well. Mm-hmm. It's actually concert music that needs a lot of help because let's face it, it's the aesthetic, it's pretty antiquated, culturally specific, and the world has been very layered. And we put a lot of value in, in the European aesthetic and then the repertoires and great you know, masters as we should because they've done something great. However, um, you know, if you let's say if you're working with the ancestors bones right bones are the remnants of them well we don't 
work with Cadaver. You know, it's like I feel like almost like what the composers are doing now is like still want to like massage, you know, dead face of like Mozart and like, you know, like get close to that. Like it's it's really crazy kind of idea. Like they get obsessed with it. I mean, the, I guess like human beings all have religiosity, even though God is dead now and everything is secularized. But you know how for some people, political parties became religious, you know, I, I mean, for a lot of people, actually, it became like that. So we have that tendency, but bones are, you know, enduring, and you can't tell whether this person's black or white or Asian, it's just fucking bones. And the principle worked the same way. So technique of counterpoint would always be relevant. How can we use that technique to innovate something? So once you start looking at everything as pieces of technology, you can, ex you can, you know, extract that from everything else and you will use it in, in a way that invent new culture and then innovate. Uh, in, in this case, what I'm innovating, innovating for, for us would be implementation, which takes energy because it's not just invention, right? We invented new, new things. Now we're in the phase of innovation. So we have to repeat, we have to sort of, uh, you know, kind of uh, refine it. And uh, the protest phase has ended for me. Well, I, <clears throat> I don't know if I'll call it protest. It's always been, a, like, like, I, 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 like I said it before, I've always kind of just been rebellious. Like, mm. just because if all of you agree that this is true, you're going to have to do better than that, you know, to convince me. You're, you're going to have to present me with evidence. You're going to have to, like, actually have a conversation with me. You're going to have to allow me to debate ideas. Um, like even, you know, growing up, you know, I, you know, I was taken to church regularly every Sunday, you know, even my, my grandfather was a reverend and, uh, there was a point I remember it was around junior high where I was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And so I'm not going to do this anymore. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> like I made this decision, you know, like, Hey, I don't want to go to church, you know, um, because I don't understand it. You know, and so I, I think for me, it's it's less of a protest, but really trying to just be clear, understand, understand myself, and really understand the world. And I think when you when you really do that, yeah, you you end up breaking down systems, you know, because you're like, I, I want to do something that's really true to me. Like my 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 uncle would never call himself a rebel. He was a rebel for the fact that he wanted to be a naval flyer when they weren't really allowing black people to be naval flyers. He just wanted to do that. He wasn't like, I'm going, I'm this rebel and I've got to do this. It's like, no, I want to fly planes, you know, and I'm in the Navy. So, you know, I'm determined to do that. And, and so other people may look at him and be like, hey, look at that rebellious, you're shaking things up. Why are you, why do you want to make problems? He's just like, I want to fly planes. And that was it, you know, and that's kind of like the way that I feel about, you know, myself and how I approach this. It's not necessarily a protest, but it's just like, I just want to be myself. And I think from there, yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to challenge something because there's this want for everybody to kind of fall in line in terms of thinking, you know, where, where I'm like, well, let's discuss that. I may, it's a lot of times in Juwan and I will we'll have these debates. And sometimes I'm, I'm not debating because I believe in the, the position I'm debating from. It's like, I want to debate. I want to unfold something, unwrap something, understand it more. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of always approach to, to everything.
how did it go for you um, declaring at, at a young age you didn't want to go to church anymore? How was that received? And did the reception, um, I'm sure you were unwavering in, in no matter what the reception was going to be, but how did that, how did that go over? Uh, well, I'm, well, okay, so first of all, my father never went to church with us. So, you know, it was easy for me to stay home because he was there, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, uh, uh, so, I mean, that was one. But I think for my mother, she thought of it as a phase, I think. Mm. But even then, I still wanted to understand, because I didn't, the thing was, I didn't have this disagreement. I just didn't get it. And I didn't like participating in things that I didn't understand, you know, cause it felt like I was just going through some motions and droning through something with no understanding of it, which meant that I, I, I was kind of like going numb for a while just to go through these motions. And that's what I didn't like about it. So I actually just began started doing research about Christianity. Where did this even come from, you know? And I started uh, understanding Gnostic traditions and, and learning about the Council of Nicaea. And I actually started having conversations with my mother. It's like, you know, when I actually did some research, this is what I found. You know, what do you have to say? It's like, I wanted to actually have a discussion about it. Not tell her she was wrong, you know. But like, you know, hey, when I did some research, this is, this is what I found. And so I, I think after a while, especially as I got older, my mother kind of respected my position because... She knew I was thinking about it. You know, I wasn't just rejecting it for the sake of rejecting it. Um, but when I was young, I think she was just like, oh, you know, I, you know, it was puberty or something. I don't know what she thought, but yeah, right. <laughs> I, I think she was just, she was like, he'll return to the church soon. That was kind of like her thing. Yeah, I mean, and, and then on the other end, you know, the idea of dismantling classical music I mean, I, I mean, were your parents' understanding of, you know, it came later for you, um, but the idea of like, I don't, because you were saying it's not working. Um, did they understand what you were after in terms of what you, how you felt? Well, to give you a perspective of how I grew up in Korea. So it's a very Confucian society. And it's, it's interesting. There's a lot of parallels in like, black culture and Korean culture in some ways, it, especially um, even if, if you look at like Christianity, the way they practice Christianity is like super shamanic. They speak in tongues all the time, they go crazy. This is not really Christianity. The Korea has long tradition of like some voodoo stuff. You know what I mean? So they incorporated that stuff. That's now it's Christianity. But I, I, the way I grew up, I, I was very much like into, I mean, it's in the environment of uh, Confucianism because I mean, I, I come from a family that has family history book that goes back 80 generation. I'm the 81st generation of this particular clan of Kim family from this area. We've been basically like running that place for like, many years right so for that i that kind of system music and artist people that are same as butchers and hookers so they were like you're gonna be a musician what are you doing with your life you should make money you should be a lawyer like what is this like this is gonna be terrible for you and um i mean they they like the fact that there's some studying element like you need to study counterpoints like okay well i guess it's not just like singing you know so that's the, where they were coming from and then now 
you know, this is America, whoever makes money wins, so they're okay now. <laughs> so that's, I don't know whether that answers my question. Yeah, well, it does. I mean, it, this idea that like, because you, you, you were off the track for them, but when you sort of, right, whether it's making money or it's education, that, that feels more on the track. That's something they can understand. Right. Like, Correct. Okay. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. And I um, think I think America is, by the way, I just want to say one little thing. America is a wonderful place because, you know, America, it's we, I say we because I naturalized. We have our problems because of the history of, you know, slavery and the ramification of that. But you can still literally do whatever you want, make new things. And I am so sad to see now that some sort of like this idea of being proper or whatever that is hindering that aspect. Because when did America become, you know, self-righteous and like became like more ethical to solve the problem? It's either war or innovation, right? Mm -hmm. So now they're saying, no, you gotta be this way. Otherwise it's not gonna be good. No, no, no. You have to be always wrong. You have to always be, you know, at least be like sort of in danger of being wrong and offending people. Otherwise, you can't have real conversations anymore, right? So, yeah, rant over. <laughs> no, and, and, and in it, you're right. And I agree with you about that. And I think innovation is so essential. I, you know, I'm thinking like, Sam, then for you, knowing young, really early on, that being oppositional, not for the sake of being oppositional, but just because that the, the energy in that understanding of, wanting to challenge yourself. Um, some people never get there. Some people feel um, it's too disruptive to their way of thinking, to their, like for example, I someone showed me once uh, a video of what happens in a slaughterhouse and I was like, well, fuck it. I can't eat meat anymore, man. Like I can't do it. Like I, cause now I have too much knowledge. I can't, I can't go back and do that. It's right. And, and it's not, it has nothing to do with being self-righteous or preachy. I just, for myself, saw something I didn't know about. I let it into my brain and it blew apart the system of me going to Burger King, right? Um, so this idea that people would rather not think that the president, you know, our previous president um, could have really been evil at, in his heart. Uh, it's easier to think that, oh, he's just being himself, right? Um, which is a totally unacceptable answer. But this idea that people are, if you watch MTV for, for longer than 10 minutes, you realize it's just all the same stuff. So do you think that the problem is, is that people are not willing to be challenged because it will break the system that they have going in their brains and it requires too much work for them to have to sort of reboot as a new, as a new person? Because it seems like, sorry for the long question, but it just seems like the masses are comfortable not being challenged. Well, you know what? What I think, like, like, you know, going back to the subject of church, I think about like why even a lot of people attend church and get to feel like they belong somewhere. Right. You know, a lot of ways it's, it's about like not feeling alone, you know, in a lot of ways. It's not the reason why a lot of people don't get there is because they don't, they, they there's this underlying fear of being ostracized, you know, and 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 they don't have your idea of where they're going if, if you know if they have a different opinion so it's better than just stay here then you know i don't know what the destination is if i choose to take a different path so they're like okay well why would i do that anyway right 
because I mean, the, and that's that's kind of the way that you know uh, the, how I got there was accepting. You know, like I may end up nowhere. You know, I may not get anywhere, but you know what? I want to stay here. You know that you know, and just having that resolve about that. And not being afraid of it because at, at a young age you know having this disagreement you know like like my family and like and i i just kind of knew from there like okay you know I, I may not people may not get me ever they might they may not understand i may end up alone but i think also at the same time as a child i had a very external world i remember you know, go to the bathroom and be on the toilet. And I'd be in there for like 45 minutes, an hour, and they'd come knock on the door like, are you, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. But I was just, I was just in my head. I was just, I was, I was, I had my own internal world. And, and I think for whatever reason, I trusted that more than anything else. And so you know, I, 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 and as I've gotten older, I've continued to trust it more and more because I've been taken to totally new places, you know, places that I never actually imagined being. And so now I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's, this is where I belong in this place of really not following, uh, but, but, you know, continue to walk. I don't necessarily know where I'll end up, but let's, let's see the world since, you know, let's, let's keep walking, keep moving forward. It's interesting to me because I think that I have always felt, and I've mentioned this before, um, I've always felt really uncomfortable um, in the world, at least in general, and I've always felt really uncomfortable by systems. You know, I, I've, anytime I'm a part of something is when I feel most alone. You know, um, you know whether I was playing for my tennis team in, in college or whether it was whatever I was doing, I always felt um, like I wasn't like everybody else in terms of, I always felt alone. Even, even, even when I was like around people, it almost made it even worse. Um, it was only when I flipped on a microphone or when I started writing where I went, oh, this is, I don't feel that way anymore. This is, it's gone. And so when you talk about the idea of trusting it, um, it was like, how could I, how could I mistrust this, right? Because it felt, it felt so right to me. Um, so I get what you're saying and I, and I appreciate you saying that. And I think, I think people really are afraid to be alone. But then I guess my question is, like you're saying, look, I might end up alone. Who knows, right? Why is that so fearful, do you think, to, to some people? Why is the idea of being alone so daunting? Uh, you know, I, it, it's because there's, there's, no, there's no protection there. There's no, you know, like, I think, you know, I think it's just also part of the human to, to want to feel connected with other human beings. You know, and, and, you know, it's, it's part of the way that even sometimes to register that you're alive, you know, right. being to, to other human beings in some way, like when you're alone, it can, it can, it can feel like, you know, I'm, I'm facing oblivion type of thing, you know, there's nothing here, you know, but if you allow your internal world to kind of you know, fill out, then you actually understand that, oh, I, I can actually kind of make the world, you know, as, as, as I see fit. And it's going to be a developing, but, you know, you kind of have to trust that. And a lot of it feels like hopping off of the cliff, you know, that's, and I think a lot of people just rather not take that leap. It's like, no, there's no reason to, to do that. And, and, 
you know, but I, I, it's, it's one of those things. You, it's, it's almost like being baptized. You take that leap. Yeah. Like you're, you're like, I can't now I, I have to leap all the time. You know, that's kind of how you feel after you do that. But, uh, uh, you know, you have to take that initial, you know, um, so people want to feel connected to people. You know? And, and, uh, uh I think also part of my music career, especially working with the uh, group called The Attic Early, when we all kind of broke up, I was like by myself, you know? And so then I became determined, okay, now I'm by myself. And I never thought that I would be a, could do a solo thing or be on my own as an MC in front. So I'm then I said, you know what, I'm afraid. So I challenged that. So then I made my own solo album, you know, this, it, not because I wanted to hear myself do a solo album. I was like, man, I don't want to give into any fear. Like, you know, because I saw that's why a lot of people were falling into this place of just, or just falling in line, not being themselves. And I was like, oh, they're afraid. Oh, you're afraid. Now you have to do it. You have to do it now because you can't live like that. Because if there's one fear in my life, it's having living a fearful life where I don't ever get to myself. I do not want to leave this planet like that. You know, that's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 yes. <laughs> to me too. Um, and also for you guys, when you, when you look at people who are making music in any genre, right. Where you think like, okay, so you, you take Justin Bieber and you, and you can name five of his contemporaries. If you mention like an indie rock band, uh, five of their contemporaries. If you mention you guys, it's sort of like you're in your own lane and it's like you're sort of running this race with almost like no competitors next because you're doing something so new. Um, how, so in, in many ways you've chosen that to be alone in that way. Because um, I always ask people if they're competitive with, with their contemporaries because I'm just kind of curious. How, do, how does that feel and, or do you, and do you see it that way or, or am, I, am I wrong in suggesting that? Like are other people who go, man, those guys are doing what, kind of what we're doing, gotta do it better. Or you see what I'm asking? It was kind of a weird question, but. Yeah, no, it's not a weird question. I think that when we first began, there was uh, one instance of like big band doing like hip hop music and that they called the hip hop orchestra. And, but what we're doing is so far removed. I mean, not far removed. Conceptually, it's there. It's kind of like saying that somebody says that, oh, I came up with the idea of going, uh, of going to Mars, right? So, okay, who thought of it first? Why does it matter, right? So it's like, okay, can you actually go to Mars? Okay, so then the, the fact that you thought about it, that actually has, absolutely have no meaning at all. So I think that at this point, there are other acts that are doing hip hop orchestra but none of them have really thought about meta sampling or I don't think they even think about this at all. And we have actually taken a, a serious approach because I think it's important to look at uh, really American culture. I mean, it's, it's like an explicitly American culture, isn't it? So because you're sampling something from uh, something foreign to you and then you're inventing new things. And, and not only that, so, if you look at the track record of uh, black musicians coming up in new things, you have to take these kind of things seriously. But it's always in the beginning, they're saying, oh, it's jungle music, hot music, and then it becomes jazz is the greatest, you know, cultural asset that America produced. Hip hop is going, going that way. And the thing that we're doing is like, 
it's it's a parallel path albeit it's albeit where we're we're doing it in a concert music but it's a very similar path of inventing new things and in the beginning it's always alone but just that's why we were paving the new road for younger composers and then people who are playing violin like what do you do if you play violin even if you are in Ju Juilliard or Curtis you get out of there you'll be among thousands who wants to get a job at San Francisco Symphony I mean you got to have to really kill somebody there so that there's then there's a vacancy there right so right. Um, but if we actually create something that if we create an outlet for these people that are practicing musicians that are, you know, really serious about their art and not like try to be half naked and dancing or looking nicer to pedophiles and little girls like you, you know what I mean? It's a different kind of thing. So I, I think that we're, what we're doing is actually a service for not just, uh, you know, uh, for us spiritually, but like it's like a prototype of new career. Well, I mean, if, if I could say one thing about that, I, 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 I'll say that I never really thought about competitors in a sense, um, because even as an MC, like I, I didn't even never, never thought, okay, I got to get better than this person to do better, you know, like, even though that, that was very, that's very much a part of hip hop culture in terms of battling so forth and so on. But I was like, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't even care to enter that arena. That's not even why I'm interested in, in hip hop, you know, because of like the, that competitive, um, uh, aspect of it like it was always about you know the the personal challenge because uh, i mean there you've already set yourself aside you know like in in on the song who will be born out of the line where it said at showdown i'm showing you up i'm not i'm not here for any showdown you know what i'm saying and that's why you know i'm not even playing this game so <laughs> you know i'm just doing what i do and so you know even if there are uh, other folks who call us uh, call themselves a hip-hop orchestra i i, I don't know but, that doesn't really mean much to me and not as a disrespect to them or what they're doing. It's just like, I, I'm here, I'm doing this, you know, and I, and I, I don't have you as a model or I don't have anything as a model. All I have is how I want to continue to grow as an artist. There you go great guys great chat great new album death become life go get it and uh, you will be very surprised and energized by what you hear because when it comes to ensemble mcnawooge i mean the fact is there's no other band on the planet that sound like them they're completely singular not an easy thing to do uh visit them online ensemble mcnawooge.com m-i-k N-A-W-O-O-J dot com. Go there, find out what's happening with the band, pick up the album, uh, buy yourself some stuff. You know how it works. Uh, go to alexgreenonline.com to find out what's happening with me. Of course, if you listen to this program, uh, you'll probably hear me talk about it. But uh, go to the site, pay me a visit, 
It'll make me feel good. Uh, Stereo Embers, the podcast, is available on all podcast platforms. Go to the one that you use, subscribe, leave us a rating, tell a friend, tell that friend to tell all their friends. If they don't have any friends, tell them to make friends and then tell those friends about the podcast. Yeah, it's a tangled sequence, but I think it's worth it to uh, <laughs> to spread the word of what we're doing. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Embers Editor. You can follow me on Instagram at Embers Podcast. You can also email me, editor at StereoEmbersMagazine.com. Visit Bombshell Radio online at BombshellRadio.com. Find out what makes us tick, and I think that's it. That's all the business for the week. Let's close the show with a fuller listen to Mozart on Joy by Ensemble Mcnawooj, taken from their new album, Death Become Life. Enjoy it, and thank you as always for listening to Stereo Embers, the podcast only right here on Bombshell Radio. On my body, on the search for somebody Just a watcher who done dropped in From the right side of the poppy On the concrete, now I'm Aki Yeah, Simon has got me, got me living with intensive care Get it out, see an infinite stretch of the imagination beside me The past behind And what is it, we arriving on the scene to be received With impeccable timing Like a shot of epinephrine stuck up into your thigh skin pepper Fight or flight response Partner, I'm so long So if you fly, then tonight we launch and be gone Upon the re-side of this song And I state the lines of which I base my odyssey on Got a problem, my mind, I got a monopoly on And I, shh Quiet, the prodigies are Caught off guard cause I'm called classic Oh my god have I got passion Yeah like the passion of the Christ A passion for my life I'm damn crafty with a knife And I'm finna cut up just a habit in a fight With surgical precision putting salmon in your pipes Cause they talk about me and bone around me Hating is washed up and soft is downy It's time to crown me the reins and reach I aim to eat Play for keeps and face the beast to take the streets until the Jake retreats. Hell's fine, let the heavens favor me. Making way out of the east, they hastily, hatefully. But when Eamon makes us sweet, it's made to eat. We only take from all 50 states to eat. Escoviche, shrimp, and Malaysian peace made to feast. We're waitress and maitre d'. Needless to say, they need to know they place capiche. Especially if they ain't paying me It's the creme de la creme say la vie I'm from the land of the oak I wish a motherfucker would I'm feeling great, feeling good Dancing with the stars Jupiter and Mars That's, that's how high I set the bar I'm feeling great right now I'm feeling great right now. I wish it, I wish it, I wish it, I wish it would.